Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's Reaction Monday on Sports Radio 610. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, here's Payne and Pendergast. In for Payne and Pendergast, I'm Sean Bajani. He's Brandon Scott, Sports Radio 610. Good morning, everybody. Coming up in about 20 minutes, the uh, Texans radio with... Mark Vandermeer will be uh, joined by John McClain and Andre Ware. Spencer Tillman will be on as well, so looking forward to that show. Yesterday, the Texans, of course, fall to the Jacksonville Jaguars 31-3. to I think we learned something uh, for sure at the conclusion of that game, um, or by the conclusion of that game. Um, I'll get to in just a second. But before that, it was a hell of an evening on Saturday night in the world of college football. And, you know, it was an opportunity in which, you know, the city should have been glued to the TV all day long, having a chance to watch Bryce Young and the Crimson Tide destroy Kansas State. They did so 45 to 20. Young spun it, ran it, scored five times in the win uh, for their Sugar Bowl victory and um, their season finale and his finale in terms of wrapping up a college career upon entering the uh, draft this coming April. C.J. Stroud and Ohio State B. Scott played that thriller against Georgia and Stetson Bennett. Bennett had ice water in his veins, yeah. and at the end of that one, he was making plays all over the field. That was a fun watch. Stroud falling 42-41 to to Georgia. But, you know, we talked about going into the weekend last week in depth, you and I did when we were filling in for uh, Locker and Lopez on In the Loop. Yep. We want a decision to... We want to have a decision, rather. I'll frame it that way. We wanted to have a decision to make when it comes time for the draft, April 27th. And if the Texans, as they did, uh, ensure themselves of a top-two pick, if you don't get Bryce, you get CJ, or vice versa. Whatever their thinking is, I think that absolutely is the case because if you had certain doubts, questions, worries, concerns about CJ Stroud, I think he answered them uh, a lot of them in one game. Granted, it is one game. But in terms of what he could do outside of the pocket, in terms of what he could do in the pocket, making any throw, um, I really enjoyed his performance. And I went back and I watched it again last night along with Bryce Young. Um, Probably very stupid of me for a person that had to wake up at 3.30 or at least attempt to wake up at 3.30 this morning. I didn't, of course. I was a little late. but It's no worse than my sleepy-eyed NBA League pass nights that I have. I'll I'll do the same thing. At least this is more relevant to the show. I'll tell you this much. Like, I, I'm not going to be mad if, in fact, the Texans get C.J. Stroud. But I think we learned and I learned one thing, especially having gone back and watched Bryce Young. You need Bryce Young. Yeah. It, that is your guy. And I'll, I, I meant to get to this earlier, B. Scott. I'll tell you just why. The guy I watched him throw on balance, stepping up in the pocket, on a dime, good, strong throws. 
he made a number of throws. You probably need more than two hands to count how many times he threw the ball off balance, back foot, and just pressure in his face. Where I was like, oh, holy smokes. Like, this guy's looking really good. And, you know, high-pressure situations, there wasn't a lot of them. It was a blowout. And, you know, I know a lot of people in that game particularly, there was a lot of completions where Kansas State was rushing three, so he did have a lot of time, but the pocket was congested at times. He stepped up, made some great throws, took some hits, ran outside of the pocket, extended plays, um, and made plays on the ground. Did everything that you knew he'd done already and just kind of put on a master class Saturday. Yeah, it, it's like you mentioned the off-balance stuff. What I noticed even more so than just throwing the ball off-balance mm-hmm. was how when the play goes off-script and he's got to improvise, yeah. how quickly he's actually able to set his feet and actually get balanced. You know what I mean? Like he he can yeah, make point, some, yeah. he can make some throws that are off-balance, but he's all, his mechanics and just sort of fundamentals, if you will, are so good that even when he's outside of the pocket or even when he's kind of having to make it up, he still has the presence of mind and ability to get back to his mechanics and set his feet and make a strong throw. And like you said, there's a handful of throws there. He had some misses, too, just to be fair about the analysis. He had a couple misses, too, that weren't great, didn't make you necessarily feel great. But the greats even have some misses here and there. And like he did the thing that basically Patrick Mahomes did here a couple of weeks ago. We're early in the game against the Texans. You'll remember Patrick Mahomes was 36 or 41. Mm-hmm. A couple of those incompletions were bad throws mm-hmm. or, or misses, you might call them. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to be Patrick Mahomes. That was the same thing that Bryce Young did. He had a couple of bad throws that weren't great. And then he had some amazing ones. And overall, just a, a savant of a performance. Yeah. Like, like you know, just, just, just great. And for me, the weekend, the takeaway was it it reinforced what I believe in Bryce Young. So I'm still team Bryce Young with the number one overall pick. It reinforced that. I've watched him play for two years. I already felt the way I felt. But with C.J. Stroud, especially going against the Georgia defense, made me feel better about I said this earlier in the show. Made me feel better about the potential disagreement there. Because I feel like there is there's not consensus on Bryce Young. A lot of us like him. But it's not consensus, you know, mostly because of the size, right? It's mostly because of the size. And, and that's it. I, it yeah. made me feel better about the lack of consensus. If there's a disagreement between what I think, what a lot of us think in Bryce Young and, say, the Texans brass believing in C.J. Stroud, I feel better about the discrepancy or the disagreement there if they if that ends up being the direction that they go in with the pick. I know you heard it. Um, you went back and listened to it. But I texted you yesterday morning driving up to the stadium listening to former Texan running back Jonathan Wells in his conversation with uh, Payne and Pendergast on the pregame show. I thought they did a great job. I thought it was a fantastic interview. Wells always brings the energy. But, you know, he was talking yesterday about both Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And sticking with Young here, he says there's just one knock against him. I love Bryce Young, by the way. I'm, not, You know, I'm, I, I really, other than his size... Yeah, that's the only problem I have with the kid. I think he's a great young man. He's a great player. Point, but he's a Heisman Trophy yeah. winner. So it's not about that. Uh, we're in the AFC. We got to deal with, uh, like I say, Josh Allen. We got to deal with oh, Vince at six six. No, yeah. these boys are huge, man. We need a, we need a big, nice sized quarterback around here. And that was his qualifier, you know. Uh, after making a really strong case for C.J. Stroud, after even admitting himself, um, you know, he needed to see 
a little bit more from C.J. Stroud going into the weekend. He was already a C.J. Stroud guy, and go figure. Look, he made he made a point to say, like, hey, look, I'm not biased here, uh, but C.J. Stroud's the best quarterback in this draft, and it was proven as much, at least in the eyes of Jonathan Wells, on Saturday night. Pendergast asked Wells yesterday in that interview what Stroud's superpower was. Take a listen. In your mind, what is C.J. Stroud's superhero power? I think it's his arm. The guy can make any throw from any part of the field. I mean, you saw that last night against what we would say the top defense in America. So, I mean, everything I saw last night that they were doubting him, he couldn't scramble in the pocket. He couldn't manipulate the pocket. He couldn't do this. He couldn't do that. We saw all of that last night against the best team in America. So, I, I don't know what we're talking about right now. Jonathan Wells yesterday on Texans Radio, the pregame show. I, I thought he made some really good points, B. Scott. But maybe none other than, you know, when he was breaking down the adversities that both of these guys had gone through over the course of the last season plus, really a couple of years, you know, talking about Bryce Young and um, both teams really playing shorthanded, teams dealing with injuries. Obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. out for a significant period of time. You know, this year, Stroud still plugging away putting up numbers, doing what he was doing, taking care of the football. It really kind of, I think Wells made mention of this yesterday too, if I recall in the interview, just made him a stronger, better, more confident player. Yeah. Uh, can I poke a hole in a line of logic and thinking though? From Wells? From Wells' standpoint? From not par- Partially from Wells, but he's not the only one that I've heard say this. Mm-hmm. Like, Just the idea that because we've never seen a quarterback of this size be taken this high. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Seth Payne has pointed out numerous of times that the last quarterback to be drafted sub 200 pounds was like Jim McMahon, uh, you know, however many years ago, right? So it doesn't happen a yeah. lot. Okay. What the hell does that have to do with anything? The fact is you haven't seen a prospect. Like, I get how that could concern you and how the size itself could concern you. But the fact that you haven't seen it, to me, is not a not. For me, it's like all the more credit to the guy for being able to overcome his size. Like, in my Such mind. Such a great and, point. And, yeah. and especially as someone, maybe this is just what my life experience is like. I've seen so many first to do a thing and outside of sports and it work out or feel good about it. Like, maybe my life experience has it to where somebody being the first to do something does not scare me at all. Yeah. Like, the fact that you've never seen it before does not like scare me from the fact that I'm seeing it now. Like the fact is you don't have a quarterback of this size who has been this skilled, who has been worthy of being talked about in this way. Mm-hmm. That is what it is. It's not like it's impossible. It just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. And so, and so to me, like I don't, the, the fact that it hasn't happened yet to me doesn't make it less likely. It just means that you have not seen it before. Now, the fact that it hadn't happened yet intrigues me a little bit even more because, you know, taking, size and you know just the measurables uh moving that aside rather just looking at the total body of work and what the guy does really well with his size um i'm kind of here for that you know like rewind to 2017 okay and before i even get to that point i'll just say like size whatever i get it you know there's guys and big there's big guys and you're competing against guys like jeffrey simmons and you know all these guys that jonathan allen or jonathan wells made mention of yesterday in his interview like i get that um you you want a bigger guy somebody could take some hits stuff like that hey man you know you're one hit away but you're one step away from 
you know, injury. 2017, Astros win the World Series. You couldn't get a day, Houston. The very next day, less than 24 hours, you know, Deshaun Watson tears his ACL in a non-contact drill, you know, on the practice field at NRG. Like, <laughs> hey, stuff happens. You know, Tua Tungabaloa, look at him. Like, yeah, he's a guy smaller stature, but he's also a thicker body guy, a, 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 prototype, a prototype that you would like Bryce Young to be if he could put on 10, 15 pounds and add a couple of inches. Like, look at the situation that he's dealing with right now. Three concussions in such a short amount of time, his season might be over. And who knows about his career at this point in time, which I think is fairly kind of called into question because you never know what a guy's mindset's going to be, how he's affected by these sorts of things. I mean, it happens all the time. It can happen to anybody. I'm just not going to worry about that stuff. I think you can't play scared. You can't coach scared. You can't manage scared. You can't make these decisions based upon, you know, those singular type of concerns because football's a rough sport. But I thought you were going to go a different angle. Like, I thought you were going to make a point like, hey, you know what? Like, referees are kind of protecting quarterbacks more nowadays. Like, maybe worry about the size factor a little less just in that regard. I mean, I think that's a much weaker argument like because you're still just a hit away like yeah, yeah so what the refs are you know going to protect him or whatever they're still not the linebacker or the defensive end or defensive tackle that's you know breathing down your neck you know coming to take your head off yeah like <laughs> and, and, and and to be clear i think that's been seth payne's argument too like hey the the nfl that mcmahon played in back in the day or you know that that uh like the the yesterday your uncles or your grandfather's nfl is not the NFL that Bryce Young is going to be introduced to. And that's to your point of how officials are protecting guys now more than they ever have. But also, you have to evaluate the player and the style of play. Yeah, And Bryce Young is not a hold-the-ball, pat-the-ball kind of guy. He's decisive. He's getting rid of the ball. And to the point of you're not just allowed to just go hit a guy, get a free lick on a guy after he's let the ball go. Like, it's not... This is not the NFL of the 80s anymore. Like, mm-hmm. once he lets the ball go, he's protected by rule. So, and his skill is not that of Deshaun Watson or, you know, some of these other guys who will hold on to the ball for as long as possible while they're trying to extend plays. He doesn't do that. He's decisive. He makes good throws, makes good decisions. And for the most part, again, if you have just a decent offensive line, you should be able to protect a guy like that. And as a player, again, from the player evaluation standpoint, you have not had a guy of this size, okay, with this ability. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you had, then it's very possible that you would have seen this already, possibly in the last, let's call it, five to ten years or so. Yeah. So now here it is. Now you see it. Okay, let's move. Like, again, I'll make the point that I made earlier. Just because you ain't never seen it before don't mean it doesn't exist. Absolutely. I, I think that's... Uh, y- and if you see it right now, that's the that's trust the, your eyes. That's the best point I think you could make in this in this argument. Um, you know, four, um, and the one knock that you're going to continue to hear is just the measurables, yeah. the lack of size, and that's it. I think that's one of the things that you should have made your mind up about this weekend. Is it's Bryce Young? That's it. That's your guy. That's why it's so important. I think for me, for the Texans to have control of that number one overall pick, they ensured themselves a top two. They've got to find a way to lose and or have the Bears win against the Vikings next weekend to make that happen. You want control of your own destiny, and the Texans are currently sitting in that spot heading into Week 18. The other thing I think you should have made your mind up of uh, this weekend is that they're absolutely 
needs to be changed with this head coaching staff, with, with this head coach and its staff. There's been talk in recent weeks, B. Scott, with the influx of better play against Dallas, against Kansas City, the win against Tennessee. Maybe Lovey Smith has done enough, you know, gotten his players to play hard enough for him, and we're starting to see the fruits of, you know, some of the labor, uh, the work that he's put in. Maybe he sticks around another year. I just don't think you can sell me on it. It's about the body of work. I think the report that came out yesterday morning ahead of the game when, you know, it shouldn't have been a shocker, but hey, Coaching staff's going to be evaluated. Possible changes forthcoming. Yeah, you think? I mean, that was no shocker. I would hope so. I think if you're looking at the total body of work, B. Scott, coupled with the fact that the message that I heard from veterans in that locker room yesterday, you cannot make a good enough argument for Lovey Smith to stick around, period. Yeah, I think... During that time that you're talking about when some of these discussions were being had about Lovey Smith's future and, you know, they're playing better, so is he making a case? If I'm just being honest with you and the listeners, I think that was a case of the station just trying to be fair and thorough on the talking points and just at least presenting the question of, hey, could this be? Could this be a thing? And I think for the mm-hmm. most part, the answers that you got was a resounding no like we know better, we got to present the question out there in the interest of fairness, and because quite honestly, we got a lot of time and space to fill, and so any question that is a valid question is worth asking at a time like this. But I don't think anybody really thought that because they played the Cowboys tough to a hell mary at the end of the game that that was a game that they could not act, even just, or that was a reason that that to bring Lovey Smith back, or because yeah. they played the Kansas City Chiefs tough. That was a reason to bring Lovey Smith back. It was just worth asking the question of, at the very least, should it factor into Nick Casario's overall eva- or how much should it factor into Nick Casario's overall evaluation of the coaching staff? I don't even but think we, it's we just it that, is. though, B. Scott. I think, too, it's, you know, from an optic standpoint, people just don't believe that the Texans are going to fire three coaches in three years and allow Nick, Nick Casario to hire another coach. Yeah, I think well, that's and that's really been the, the case since one. the beginning, though, right? Yeah, but the I'm whole telling time. you, you can't worry about optics. Optics, they're already bad. You made that point earlier. I mean, it's so true. You can't do any worse. Now, the one thing that I would side-eye is, you know, what would the NFL, what would Roger Goodell, you know, say? Like, I don't know if you believe in, uh, you know, conspiracy theory, if you could even call it that, but just kind of the strong arm of the law, if you will, and Goodell, you know, having an issue with that and making a stink behind closed doors, and maybe that would be a reasoning. I don't know. I just don't think you can let anything like that hamper the forward progression of your franchise. It's bad enough. It's been bad for a number of years now, and now it is time to turn a page, and it means starting with a new head coach, which you could have one, at least a vacancy, here within the next two, three weeks. Yeah, well, they've already lost the optics war, right? Yeah. And that was what I was getting at earlier. They they have lost the optics war. Hiring David Cully was bad for optics. Firing David Cully after one year was bad for optics. The even even the decision that was maybe made based off of optics, which is hiring Lovey Smith, also bad for optics. So now it's just time to go forward and do what's best for your organization, whatever that may be. For Ben Gary, Brandon Scott, I'm Sean Bajani. Coming up next, it's Texans Radio with Mark Vandermeer, John McClain, Andre Ware, and Spencer Tillman. Keep it here at Sports Radio 610. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 